and welcome to another episode of the Modern Age Christian Podcast. I am your host, Nick Dyson, and I just want to thank you for joining me on this next episode of the podcast. So for today, going to be looking at an interesting topic, tradition and traditionalism. Now, this is something I had never really heard the thought of traditionalism until I was listening to a message by Chuck Swindoll, and he referenced a quote, and he was talking about this in a sense of traditionalism. Now, the quote itself is from a professor at Yale University, and this professor made this statement, tradition is the living faith of those now dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of those still living. So it's a very interesting concept for us to consider the difference between tradition and traditionalism. Now, there's a couple references to tradition in the Bible, and I want to reference those quickly as we go and start to dive into those, these topics. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, Paul's writing, and he says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. So in this verse, Paul is talking about holding traditions. Also in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So when we consider the difference between tradition and traditionalism, now, me personally, I am a person that, in a lot of ways, tradition is something that I look at and I kind of scratch my head, and uh, there's a lot of things that we do, and if people, the only reasoning or logic behind what they do is, what's well, just the way we've always done it, then I'm automatically going to have some resistance or push back to that because I want valid reasons. Why do we do the things we do? Why do we say the things we say? Why do we do and have actions the way that we do and have actions? I want to know the details and the specifics because if you can't give those and explain why you're doing certain things, then are you following tradition or just living in a traditionalism type of state. So I think when we think about tradition, that's where most of us actually see more of traditionalism. So when I think of tradition and in the biblical sense of tradition, God is very much a God of tradition in some ways. There were set times for feast and celebrations and holy reverent days and cycles and times to go to church and the Sabbath to keep it holy, there were certain spiritual and God-given traditions which were important, and they were told to keep them. Maybe they were laws or commandments or whatever, but in a sense, some of those were traditions. And even Paul and what Paul is trying to address in Thessalonians is talking about keeping traditions of Christ. Things that the church is doing, honoring and glorifying Christ in tradition should be kept. Now, here is a great example of that from our modern church. Pretty much any church or denomination that we know of, they go through the Lord's Supper or communion. 
That is, in a sense, a tradition, but it was a Jesus-established or God-established tradition for the modern church when he said, um, this do in remembrance of me. And it was left in a situation where you could take the Lord's Supper, take communion in honor and reverence of what Christ did and through that action. It is a tradition. Now, in that, if you start to go through it and you're only going through the motions because you're told to go through the motions or your pastor says you have to or your parents just taught you and said it's just the right thing to do and so that's why you do it is just because you were told to, then that's not the right way to do it. The thing with tradition and biblical-based traditions is they have to be rooted in something that God gave or God has established. Because if it's not any of those, then we start to lean to traditionalism. Now, the quote that I gave you about tradition versus traditionalism, tradition is the living faith of those now dead. It's something that was established or something that was set forward and people are doing it in honor or reverence or celebration of what was done. It is something that is continuing the work of someone else or honoring someone else in what they did. So if we look at traditionalism, the quote said that it is the dead faith of those now living. It is hollow. It is empty. There is no purpose, no drive, no cause for people to really be doing it. They're just going through the motions. They're just pretending. They're just playing at whatever is going on. And there's nothing truly set or established about it. And I'm afraid that in our modern churches, we see a lot of traditionalism. That the reason we do things the way we do is because it's the way it's just always been done and there's no other reason for it. We've never truly taken a step back and asked the question, does God want us to do this or keep doing this in this way? And to give you an example or some examples here, I know of some people that if you told them their church was no longer going to have a Sunday school classroom, they'd get mad and leave the church because, oh my gosh, how dare they take away Sunday school? But when you think about it, Sunday school didn't exist in biblical times. It was something that came about, I believe, with D.L. Moody, the, the uh, theologian, writer, uh, and preacher, and was established as a movement to help further educate and edify the church. It was started for a good reason. It was continued for a good reason. But what if the church has something different to do in its place? It wasn't a... a tenet that was established as Paul's writings or something in the early church. It's something we established later. But what if small groups that churches are doing now, in a sense, are replacing Sunday school classes? Is that wrong? I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Because both of them can help further educate, edify, and strengthen the church in their own unique and respectful ways. But if we look at traditionalism, sometimes we can fall into to that traditionalism with Sunday school. But it's not just that. What about the songs that we have at church? Now, this one may be a little controversial. I know people that will get offended at me if, if I say that you should sing anything other than hymns at your local church. But the thing is, the vast majority of the songs we sing, and I'm not talking about 
modern songs written in the last 20 to 30 years, the vast majority of songs that churches sing are all very recently written. Even if you go back to the old quote-unquote traditional hymns, most of them have only been written in the last two to three hundred years. They're not that old. The church has technically existed for almost 2,000 years, and we're all singing songs that have only been written in the last two to three hundred years. We're talking about maybe 10 to 15 percent of the entire lifespan of the church to this point. And that is the music that a lot of people hold to in traditionalism and say, you have to sing these songs or it's just not scriptural. Well, the problem is those songs didn't exist back in biblical times. They had psalms. They did have some hymns, but they were different than what we sing today. They're not the same. We don't sing all the same songs that they did back then. The instruments aren't the same. Some churches use a a guitar. Some churches use a piano. Some churches use an organ. Some don't. The instruments vary church to church. Does that make anyone right or anyone wrong? Not necessarily. Because again, if you go in scripture, there isn't really a verse or any instance where God specifically says that you have to use this specific instrument in all of your worship services when you meet on Sundays. Yet there's nothing that specific that we have. But what we've started to do is as a church over time and now in our modern church, We've let that traditionalism of we have to have these songs, we have to have this instrument, we have to do this thing, we have to have this class or this study, we have to do these things. But you have to stop and ask why. Is that something that is established by God as a tradition that we need to keep, something that is honoring God, uplifting the name of Christ, edifying the church, and doing good for the church members, or is it something that the people in your church have just always done it and now everybody's just afraid to rock the boat or suggest any changes, and we've got to keep it exactly the same no matter what? The church has changed over the years. You go back and look. The early church didn't have any buildings or structures or meeting houses. They would meet in a person's house. They would meet by the river just wherever they could. We have time periods in countries where churches were under great oppression. They had to meet in houses or in secret because they were fearful of their government or people in charge maybe attacking them or killing them. We see where church buildings, if you go back and trace the history, that a lot of our church buildings came about because other religions had temples or worship houses or meeting houses. And so the the church leaders of the time decided we needed to start building buildings churches and cathedrals. That wasn't something that was originally established, but it was some people started doing that. And don't get me wrong, I like going to a church house and meeting with fellow Christians and worshiping together. That's a great thing. But that's not always been around. That's not something that has always existed. We can continue, and I I can just keep listing different things that the modern church does that depending on the church, it could be traditionalism. Or, in some instances, it could be truly a great tradition. So, I grew up in a church that we sang the traditional hymns, the old hymns. We had Sunday school services. They were great. 
There were people who were learning. They were seeing Bible studies. They were learning about Christ. They were building their faith. They were being saved and and coming to know Christ and having that relationship with him, growing that relationship, all good things. But I've also seen other churches that don't have Sunday school and do small groups instead. And I hear about how people are coming to Christ, how people are having a relationship with Christ. They're growing in that relationship with Christ. And it sounds very similar, but the church is doing things just slightly different. Now, I've also heard of churches where they sing strictly only hymns. I've heard of some that sing more modern or more recently written songs and hymns, and some that only sing the modern worship songs or modern songs that are currently being written. And that's pretty much all they sing. But again, we go back to the thing of, Why do we sing the things that we sing? Is it because it was established as some God-given tenet, or is it because of traditionalism? And again, going back to what I said and, and opening up and getting started, if somebody just looks at me and says, this is the way things have always been done, and this is what we're supposed to do, I've got questions, and I'm going to push back on that thought. Because it's not about what we do. It's not about the order of service necessarily. It's not about if we have singing or don't have singing, or if we have Sunday school or don't have Sunday school, or have small groups or don't have small groups, or have, say, an extra church service in the middle of the week or not. It's not about all of those specific things. Now, don't get me wrong. Extra church services can be beneficial They can build up the church. They can educate. They can edify. They can do all of those things. But if we're doing them strictly out of obligation and feeling like we have to, well, the church has just always done it, so we have to keep doing these things. That's not a good attitude to have, and I don't believe that's honoring Christ. So the way that I look at this, tradition versus traditionalism, if we have things that are established by God, or by Jesus, and they are established as tenets that we should have. The preaching of the gospel, sharing of testimonies, praying for one another, things like that. Those things we should take as hard truths and no wavering from that. Now, if it comes to something of, does a church use a piano or use a guitar to lead their music? I don't see that as as an important argument that we need to debate on. People will have preferences. They may prefer a piano over a guitar. They may prefer no instruments, or they may prefer a whole collection of instruments of pianos and guitars. And there's so many different options. It doesn't make one right or wrong. We have to focus on what honors God. Now, again, I referenced the verse in Colossians that I read when we were getting started. Paul was writing and he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, instead, or according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. I think that verse pretty well sums it up, that anything you look at and anything that's done in church or worship or anything like that, you have to establish Are we doing this because it is honoring Christ and we're doing it out of love and worship to Christ? Or are we doing it because it's a tradition of men and it's what we were told we were supposed to do? I believe you can do that in any situation. And I'm 
definitely not telling you to go in and completely upend everything at your church. That is not the answer. But I'm challenging you to look at things critically in a critical thinking exercise, if you will, of why do we do the things that we do? Why do we worship the way we worship? Why do we sing the songs that we sing? And those types of things. And realize that not everybody sees things the same way that we do. If you go into different cultures, their church services are going to look a lot different than those of the United States or Canada. If you look at United States and Canada, they look different than Europe. They look different than Africa. All of those things, they all are going to look different in some way. Does that mean that one country, one region, one nation has everything figured out and their way is the right way and everybody should align up to them? I don't think that's the case. Because even if you go back into the early days of the church, there were Jews, there were Greeks, there were Roman citizens, there were people from other countries, other regions, other nationalities, different languages, all of those different things that were going to be there. What was the common thing that tied every region, every country, every language, every church, house church, whatever meeting that they would have, what tied them all together? It was Christ. It was salvation. It was the good news of Jesus Christ that he came, died on a cross, rose again, and would forgive them of their sins. That is the principal thing that ties us all together. If we can get down to that very core and base everything we do off that truth, then I think that makes a big difference. We get away from the idea of tradition or traditionalism. We can get back to the root and the core that what we do is for Christ and for honoring and worshiping a risen Savior. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Age Christian Podcast. I know this was definitely an interesting topic because I had never really heard or considered the thought of traditionalism, but I've enjoyed thinking on it, finding some scripture to kind of look at it and study it out. And I hope you find this interesting and I hope you find this a a way to kind of critically think about the way we do things in our modern church and our modern society. And we realize that I don't believe any one church, any one denomination has all the answers, but I believe the one hard truth and the one thing we have to stick to is Jesus. That is what I believe, and that's what I'm going to be sticking to. I'm going to be sticking to Jesus, and I hope you join me in trusting him. So again, thank you for listening today, and I I hope you'll like the podcast, give us a rating, follow along, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. You can also find me on all the different social media platforms. You can search for uh, Nick Dyson, or you can find it on the uh, podcast websites. You can also find me on anotherwell.org. I'm writing articles there as well as this podcast is published on anotherwell.org. So please do follow along, follow the social medias for Another Well. And I hope you join me again next Monday for another episode of the Modern Age Christian Podcast. Mm -hmm.